Hey, Jessica, how's it going? Hey. Oh, what is that? Hey, we're back from Boston and Orlando. Uh, uh, you know, my old stomping ground, Boston. Whenever I go back, I always... Maybe you don't recognize my voice, Gabagool, but every time I come back from Boston, I end up with my Boston accent again. Go oh. Rangers, uh, Bruins, yay! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Is How's that what everybody I say? doing? Oh, <laughs> I thought about this last night. I was like, do I say welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod or do I say something oh, I else? Think you, no. What do I say? You say a thing every week. I do. You have a you have a lean in. I've never once thought about it, though. Sorry, I'm just messing with the game hello, a little bit here. Welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. That's yeah, that's know. it, yeah. right? You do an ASMR hello. Hello and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. That's more that's of an NPR, not an ASMR. Well, NPR. Like yeah, I'm sure NPR was was an awakening for many ASMR <laughs> people before that was very specifically an internet culture. Sure, sure. Just turn it down. Yep. So, hello everyone. Welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. That's how we open it. So we're out of practice a little bit. It has been like three weeks since we have recorded a regular episode. Right. Yeah. This was our first real. Real break from the podcast. Any other time we've ever missed an episode, it's because we had a dust mite infestation, <laughs> right. or one of us just got sick. Or one of us wasn't here. Or one of us wasn't here. So, yeah. yeah, this is the first time where we really have gone this long without recording a regular episode. Now, we did our Boston and Orlando uh, tour report episodes, and so those kept us kept us in the... <laughs> In the, in the swing of it. In the swing of it. Yeah. But it's different from setting up with our drinks. And look, we got the di- we got the CD that we're talking about this week. And we, oh, we're doing a new Patreon read this week. We got the script for that right here. Ooh. So, yeah, we're back to business. I guess that's the difference is we're back to business, back yeah. from our vacation. Speaking of Patreon, we just did C-Spot Rock, which is a visual yes. uh, Patreon episode. Yeah. Exciting was, stuff. We streamed it privately and then uploaded it to YouTube. And if you don't know C-Spot Rock, I think we've talked about it here and there and maybe people have seen it, but it is a, D, a tour DVD for a Supertones tour, which basically it was kind of a co- I think it was kind of a co-headlining thing with Supertones and Reliant K, but it was really the Supertones tour. And yeah, they they did this whole tour on it, it was like the West Coast. I was like, "How did I not see this show?" And I figured out, "Oh, because they didn't come to mm. the, but they didn't come to Boston." Anyway, we watched the whole DVD. It's forty-five minutes. <laughs> we watched the whole feature from the DVD on stream with us on screen, and it is interesting. It's yeah. <laughs> I had never seen or actually heard John Rubin before, so when he came <laughs> up, I was like, "Danny, who's this?" And he's like, "That's John Rubin," because they didn't put the little thing underneath to like right. tell you. And I was like, "Oh!" And then he started playing. I don't know if that's his big song, but the John Rubin, "What You Dippity Doin'," and I'm like, "What th- is this real? This is the <laughs> thing. This is his song." Yeah. 
I mean, his big song off his first album was the Do Not Tell Me What I Can and Cannot Do When I Rock. Oh, yeah, my Spotify is gone now. I have to go to Tidal. <laughs> I forgot about that. Ooh. Ooh. Audiophile over here with Tidal. Well, I also have um, Student Discount because I'm back to school and I can actually use the student discount even though I'm almost 40. Are you uh, letting your dad know that you're not a fool? I'm back to school to let my dad know I'm not a fool. That's right. That's I forgot that's my catchphrase. I'm so out of practice. When I talk about being back to school, I'm supposed to say to show my dad I'm not a fool. This was the big song off the first album of John Rubens. This is the hook and then this is sort of, this is the rapping. <laughs> Did he just say you fuck this way? I, said, I think he said you front this way or you pose this way. Oh. There were a couple of hits for the for the crowd. Oh, I can go to the greatest hits. Here we go. I don't know. I won't remember what albums these are. These are. Hey, here's Doin. Dippity Doin. So yeah, Jessica got her first real exposure to John Rubin through the C-Spot Rock DVD. Which you can go watch at patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. Well, is it like if Ned Flanders was a rapper? Because I, so I think that was his style. <laughs> so I had the first three. We talk about this in the Patreon live stream thing, but... Um, I had the first three John Rubin CDs, and I remembered after we did that live stream. No, I was about to say this, and then Jessica moved on to a different point. I bought them from the BMG Record Club because I got the BMG Record Club in sort of some of its waning days, like before. Is it the thing where you like Columbia Record Club, where you yeah, pay like five cents? It was yeah, it was okay. a competitor to the Columbia Record Club, but. I had because uh, by the, um, by this point I'm like 18, 19. I'm like I can join the Columbia Record Club of my own volition, and if I get like trapped or something, I'll figure it out for myself. Like, what am I going to have to pay like 50 bucks to get out of it? I'll figure it out. I got a job. I can do this for myself now. Not like that classic story they're done on the Goldbergs, and it's been talked about in other things where like you join the Columbia Record Club. I think Bart Simpson did it at one point. Like you join the Columbia Record Club or something like it, and you just keep signing up with different names and keep getting giant boxes of CDs, and then you just ignore the bills until like they actually send someone to like knock on your door. But BMG Record Club was a competitor of Columbia, and this is during the early internet days, so it made their scam like easier if you're sort of like on top of it. The way the BMG Record Club worked was you get like eight CDs for a penny or whatever, a dollar. And then every month, they send you a CD whether you want it or not, and they charge you for it. Gotcha. Unless, I guess back in, I guess in the 90s and the 80s and the 70s, you had to like write a letter to cancel your, cl- your right. club CD to opt out. But with the internet, you know, and there is Napster at the time, but Napster sounds so bad that Columbia Record Club and BMG still exist. Uh, with the internet at the time, I could just log onto my account every month, set it up on my calendar, and just opt out of the of the CD, and then just like wait until my contract was up, and then cancel, and then maybe start again and get more CDs. But when there were all these CDs, I'm like, well, here's a bunch of stuff like I kind of want, like John Rubin's discography, and I got a Huntington CD, and I think I got a couple non, I got other non-Christian stuff from it, but 
there was lots of like under the radar rare you know, uh, less popular stuff that I liked on BMG. And the Why way BM- were you trying to rip off Jesus, Danny? <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I was trying to rip off... By ripping off the I was trying to rip off the record labels who... Sing rip- for him. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to rip off the record labels that try to commodify Jesus. Thank you very much. So, yeah, maybe sometime we have to go through a John Rubin Patreon episode. You know what? If anyone out there has a line to John Rubin. <laughs> it would be great to have him on our Silly Shoes episode. I would love to talk to him on our Silly Shoes episode. I Like months ago, maybe a year ago or two, I tried sending him a message through his Instagram, through his website, and his real life LinkedIn. I tried, but you couldn't like, you had to like have like LinkedIn premium because he actually ha- has a real job with his real name. So if anyone actually knows John Rubin and can like tell him there is a Reliant K podcast that would like to talk to you on the episode about Reliant K's awful rap hidden track, that would be great. I had talked to John Rubin by the rock climbing wall at Soul Fest the same year I saw I met I met Katy Perry when she was Katy Hudson that same year I talked to John Rubin by the rock wall about real emo about Midwest emo like cap and jazz and stuff like that so I'd like to see if he remembers that conversation I love that you bothered John Rubin about being on this podcast more than probably any member of Reliant K <laughs> Past or present. Well, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> He's who we really got to get. So, yeah. So, go check out, uh, uh, what's it called? Patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod to see us watch through the 45-minute C-Spot Rock documentary. It's like a goofy documentary. They do a lot of jokes. There's not really a lot of concert footage. And when there is, they put the studio track over it. It's just kind of like a goofy like jackass inspired thing with a lot of bits yeah. and stuff like that like and a lot we, of we might have gotten real. really drunk uh, <laughs> well 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 watching it and we'll do a follow-up because we we bought the dvd and by the way if you've ever been curious about buying this dvd i would say go buy it now because you know copies are not easy to come by on ebay and stuff like that and it's not like it, i don't think it's ever going to go up in price specifically but it just might become uncommon if you're there for the music don't buy it because that's not what you're getting if you just want like the nostalgia and like this time capsule of dvd right (laughs) history then that's why you want to get it even if you're just there for like reliant k content again i was thinking about i don't really know that you need it i would just like look up the bits i was thinking about i need to go through it and make a super cut of c-spot rock but just just the super tones c-spot rock but just the reliant k references so whether it's them on screen doing a bit or their music getting used for a second in a thing or someone talking about them oh john rubin does say one funny thing he's like during an interview segment they're like so what's the average person at the kid what's the average kid at this tour like and or no no what did they say no that was a different joke thing there's one point where they ask a question because they keep asking every band like this series of questions throughout the 45 minute documentary thing and at one point they're like you know who's the best band out of here or something like that and john rubin said he admitted how he is basically the christian eminem and reliant k at the time was marketed as the christian answer to blink 182 which still makes no sense. It was, but it was at the time. You know what I mean? Like you need a Blink One Eighty Two. Every 
the Christian, the way the Christian record labels and the bookstores work. No, I get it, work. but it's still, it's just, I'm still going to argue that never in their history was Reliant K the Christian Blink-182. I understand, but I'm just saying, like, that's how those charts work. Those, like, if you like this right. band, yeah, listen to this it. band. There was, I don't think there really ever was a specifically Christian Blink-182, but John Rubin was a pretty good approximation <laughs> of... Eminem, and I'm not saying that John Rubin specifically wanted to sound like Eminem, because this also comes up in our Patreon content, and I say this all the time, but in a lot of cases, the Christian artists themselves were not the ones saying, I want to be the Christian blank. Right. It was, they just said, I'm influenced by that artist and a couple other artists, and I'm going to start my project, whether it's hip hop or rock or whatever, and then the Christian labels come along and the Christian bookstores and they're like, oh, perfect. We can market you as the replacement in the youth groups and the churches and the Christian homes for this m- mainstream artist. So anyway, Pillar is on that DVD. And I kept I, early, I keep getting them confused with Skillet. And I'm like, oh, we're not supposed to talk about Pillar anymore. Right. And Jessica's the one who's like, no, that's Skillet. <laughs> I'm like, oh, whatever. And oh, Sanctus Real, yes, oh, Sanctus Real. I was trying to uh, remember what they were called, so I'm glad you. Yeah, and there's so much Ethan in this documentary. Yeah, because he was an associate producer on it, and part of the reason why we finally watched it was because when Ethan was on our show, I don't know if it made that final edit, but he talked about how much filming there was on that tour, and apparently some of that included that. Um, webisode show with Reliant K where you see Dave and Ethan talking to each other for a second and he thought that was from C-Spot Rock and he's like there was so much filming on that and and then he's like and C-Spot Rock is terrible <laughs> and we watched it and we're like this isn't that bad there's one racist joke about Chinese food and what Chinese food is supposed to be made of and it's not something you would do nowadays at all <clears throat> but other than that there was nothing like awful <laughs> any other top of the show business um, oh, one thing we forgot to talk about in the Boston wrap-up mini episode was that we got to see Dermike. Yeah, we did. did it. We not. We talked about it in our first failed attempt when uh. we were in the car, and it sounded awful. But when we sat down here and did our wrap-up, we didn't mention that while we were waiting for John to come out of the club so we could talk to him, and Semler walked outside. We talked to her. And Tyson came outside, and we looked at him, but we let other people talk to him. At one point, they come wheeling uh, Dermike out. And I'm like, Dermike, remember us? <laughs> we had you on the Seen and Heard episode. <laughs> so that was cool, because I actually got to see Dermike up close. I really wanted to touch him, but I was like, but they're loading in, and that would be inappropriate. You know, they were loading him. Mm-hmm. They weren't like, they brought him up and left him alongside the bus, and the trailer behind it. And I'm like, I just want to... I've never had my hands on Dermike. Just need to touch... <laughs> the hem of his cloak. <laughs> oh, and that's... So that's all the top of the show business. So this week... The trend. The, this week, the trend is for us to talk about the song Up and Up. <laughs> from five score and seven years ago. Which is... Probably one of my top five Reliant K songs. Whoa, what? I mean, maybe top ten. For real? <laughs> that was such a reaction. I immediately pulled back from my <laughs> No, please conviction. don't. I was just, it just threw me. 
And I realized a lot of stuff this week listening to the song that I had never really listened uh, thought about lyrically. I always knew what the song was generally about, but now in the context of having dissected so many Reliant K lyrics and the common themes, we'll get into that. But just like this song, are you so having fun, fun brushing off the table? There's a lot of hair and crumbs on the table, and I'm like, Gross. I cannot have a lot of a lot of my chin hair. Ew. There were lots of little white, gray. <laughs> Look, here's another oh, one. Lots of little Danny. gray, okay, Danny no, chin stop. hairs. Please don't get it near me. <laughs> I'm going gray. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm still on the up and up, even though I'm going gray. Um, so It should be noted that we don't actually eat at this table. We've recorded our kitchen table, but we don't use it. We, <laughs> we eat in the well, family room in will, front of the TV. Food will sit here sometimes. <laughs> So probably my favorite part of the of Up and Up is this part right here. <laughs> just kidding. I still had that up. Um, just th- this song has such a different vibe from a lot of almost any other Reliant K song. You know, I'd more say that John Rubin has more <laughs> of the a Beastie Boys thing going yeah, than maybe. Eminem. Yeah. I, I don't hear any Eminem in any of the things you've played or mm. I heard in C-Spot Rock. Right. Well, again, it was just a matter of marketing. Eminem was the giant hip-hop artist at the time and they got another white rapper over here in the Christian market. No, I get it. I'm just saying that like, if you were a kid that listened to those secular bands and you were super into music and they're like, here, here's the Christian answer, you'd be like, no, No, this doesn't sound anything like this. That's correct. That's how it worked. That's how it worked. I mean, I I know you did. (laughs) No, I get that that's how it worked. I'm just saying as a kid, you'd be pissed and be like, no, this is incorrect. No, I'm saying... The kids saying being pissed and saying this is incorrect, that's how it works. The Christian labels, whether they want to acknowledge or not, the Christian bookstores would print these charts of if you like this artist, listen to this artist instead. And they would never be a perfect replacement for the artist. Like, first of all, that's not how art works. You can't necessarily just replace one artist with another. Like, that's not how it works. Like, if you don't like an artist, you just don't listen to them. Or if there's something you feel is antithetical to your appreciation of whatever, then you just don't listen to them. But you can't just, like, say... Because, like, take for... Yeah, but if you said that, like, Hawk Nelson is the Christian simple plan, I'd be like, yeah. There are there were cases where it was really close, but in a lot of cases it was not true. Like MXPX on those charts in the early days would say MXPX is your replacement for Green Day. But if you actually listen to punk, like they're not similar. Like yeah, they're similar if you if the only punk bands you know are MXPX and Green Day. But if you know actual punk music, like MXPX and Green Day are are different enough that one's not going to necessarily replace the other in your like musical diet so it was the same thing like it would get pushed on you when you were a kid you'd be like your parent would come up to you and be like i don't want you listening to eminem here listen to this this is a this is john rubin and carmen (laughs) you can listen to these rap albums and then you'd be like oh no these aren't what i want i remember a girl in high school in my Christian high school, who really, really loved the music of Limp Bizkit, but did hate the lyrics and the personalities. And she was upset. She's like, I've listened to all these other Christian rap rock bands, and none of them sound like Limp Bizkit. But of course, the charts would say, these these charts would say, listen to P.O.D., listen to Pillar, listen to whatever. And, the, and she's like, no, none of them literally sound like, because Limp Bizkit, 
for I don't know. You put on Limp Bizkit the other day, and I said, oh, is are you listening to P.O.D.? And Danny was like, no, this is Limp Bizkit. And I was well, like, oh. Well, in that case, you would have been perfect for that chart. <laughs> so, <laughs> so back to Up and Up. Um, this song, talk about like thing, songs that can't replace, you know, music that can't replace other music. This song has such a different, the, there's two versions we're going to talk about. We'll start with the five score version. This five score version has such a different vibe to me than like any other Reliant K song. And the similar situation, similar that I can think of is say like, um, is therapy. Like therapy has this very specific vibe to me that isn't found anywhere else in Reliant K's discography to my ear and my mind. And then when I hear therapy, I kind of feel like it's a Bruce Hornsby song, like deliberately or not, like it's hitting that same, like nostalgic nineties, soft rock, soft radio rock thing in my brain. Uh, of Bruce Hornsby, but it's through this Reliant K lens, so it's really cool and really interesting. Up and Up has this whole other audio texture to it that I don't know of in any other Reliant K song, but in this case, I can't really pin down what it's what else it sounds like, except what I mentioned last week when we announced this is the episode we're doing, that it kind of reminds me of the Sky Sanctuary song from Sonic 3. <laughs> I'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, I feel like I'm boarding an Epcot ride at the yeah. beginning of this song. <laughs> it has a very triumphant, spacey, epic, yeah, like saga-like feeling. It's. I'm also getting some early, like some very early collapsible lung vibes from the intro and then the OOOs further on in the song. And the effects on the vocals and it all the whole song just sounds really processed or maybe overproduced. It just sounds tinny to me. Oh. And I, yeah, just I far prefer the the uh, acoustic version. Also, uh, some of this definitely sounds like Marry You by Bruno Mars and Up and Up came <laughs> first. And I'm like, oh, who was that songwriter that worked with both uh, that worked with Tyson on Collapsible and Bruno Mars? Because like, mm. did they listen to Up and Up? Right. That's funny. Um, I'll just get into this real quick. So this is the thing I was just saying. So here's up and up. You know, we all know this. Someone's parking outside our window. Like, I'm sure they're done (laughs) honking their horn right now. So, you know, up and up. Classic. Sounds like this. Like, despite, you know, everything you might feel about the tinniness of it. It's a beautiful night. (laughs) Looking for something dumb to do. I'll try to make a rave DJ of that real quick. But here's the song Sky Sanctuary from originally from Sonic 3. But this is the Sonic Generations redo of that song. I swear this is this is what we're gonna do when we're done with Reliant K. We're gonna do, do Sonic, Sonic music. music. <laughs> That's a great idea. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I, I oh yeah, one other top of the show business we didn't mention, but oh my god, stop! Your no, car is locked. <laughs> they, I noticed this the past couple days since we got back from our trip. This is a thing where like somebody pulls up 
in the, in the back uh-huh. and honks like a ton of times. And I'm like, are they trying to get someone's attention? What is this? And they do it like every like couple of minutes. They honk are a they whole bunch. Are they in the car or are they? Because I just kept assuming they walk away and they have their key fob and they lock the car and it keeps honking. So I'm not sure. I, I, I haven't I haven't gone peeking out the window. <laughs> are they like... OCD and think the car didn't lock? <laughs> like it's my dad's car. <laughs> Which is a whole other story, which I'm not going to get into right now. But um, his car has weird locking stuff with the key fob. And we borrowed his car over Boston, over the Boston trip. So anyway, Sky Sanctuary, Modern Sonic. <laughs> Love this song. Sounds like Up and Up to me. Now, it's not a, it's just, it's just a similar thing to me. And Sonic Generations is from 10 years ago, actually. So, and you know. This is from even uh, this Relying K songs from even earlier, so I'm not saying there's a connection. I don't think Matt Deason heard the <sighs> Sky Sanctuary song from Sonic 3. But it's just, it's that similar thing. So it makes me feel like it's this big, epic song, especially given the lyrical ideas in it and, you know, the, even the title, Up and Up. It's like, it's quite literally an uplifting song from the music, the way it's written, to all the lyrical content, and the fact that it has this driving, uplifting vibe that, of course, Reliant K's music is always uplifting, but this ki- the kind of uplifting musical vibe in this song just doesn't feel specifically emulated in any other Reliant K song. Yeah, I'm definitely more familiar with the acoustic version of this one, right? which I think we talked about really early in the podcast. Right. Um. Yeah, how we used to listen to Birds and the B-Sides all the time. And right. so, yeah. It was, Bird and the B-Sides was in our CD player in driving around, a car we still own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we were married, we would drive around together as a little boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't even know if we were fully engaged yet, but we would be, I mean, 2008, we weren't. No, yeah, 2000, no, we, we got yeah, engaged we, in, in late, we got in engaged in December 2008. So for a couple months when this CD came out, we weren't engaged yet, and we would drive around, you know, doing my stuff car, in your, your car, car yeah. listening to Bird and the B-Side. So I was most familiar with the acoustic version of the song, just because we listened to it all the time. And then Five Score, which we've talked about before, I didn't, it was the first Reliant K album that I didn't buy a copy when it came out. Uh, I had bought every, you know, I bought everything from the first album to mm -hmm, as soon as it came out. And for some reason, whatever reason, no, nothing wrong with Reliant K. I think I was a little put off at the time with the really thick audio texture of the album overall. And I felt like I didn't feel like it was a departure, but I was like, oh, they're, they're doing something a little different. I'll pick this album up later. And then just years went by and I never did. And then eventually I downloaded it and stuff. And I just, of course, so I never really got to the back end of this album. So I never really heard Up and Up, the studio version. I'm sure I heard it once or twice, but I never heard it enough to actually, like, live in the song like I lived in the acoustic version. Yeah, yeah, same. And this definitely, listening to this song over the past week, I definitely have been like, okay, this is one of those songs that I could look at as being, like, it's so funny that there's a whole the amazingness of forget not slow down in between this and collapsible long because I could see again with this song going from five score to collapsible lung and being like this is the canonical next album because it just makes sense it would just make sense this is one of those songs that kind of grows in that more pop sort of uh minded sensibility and right. yeah okay that makes sense 
I mean, you say that and I say it makes sense, but I, I, get, I get what you're getting at. Yeah. So that being said, I do really love the vibes of the lyrics of this song, um, more so than Collapsible Lung. Uh, it, it, you know, it's just about feeling good as you're on your way out of a rut or just moving moving on and feeling that growth. And it's it's like a goodbye to bad friend Tyson. Yes, it is. And, and instead of it being a goodbye where we're going to come back to it 20,000 more times, this feels more like an actual departure yeah. from that mindset. Because I don't think we have... I remember as we were starting to develop this idea of these bad friend Tyson songs from all the early albums. And then we got... And we did line The Lining is Silver pretty early. You know, we did it like a year in or something. And I'm like, oh, this song sounds to me, Lining is Silver, sounds to me like a turning point for his lyrical themes, Tyson's, of beating himself up for being a bad friend and a bad Christian and making mistakes in his relationships. It feels like a turning point and judging people for their sin, judging other people for their sin, taking all those early themes of Reliant K sort of quote unquote being a Christian band and turning around and saying, no, the lining is silver. The lining in me is silver. The lining in you is silver. I'm not going to judge people for their sin anymore. I'm not going to heavily judge myself for falling short of this and that blah, blah, blah. I'm going to know that I'm trying my best and not beat myself up about if I fail. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is like a turning point. And as much as I love this song and I've listened to Up and Up, the acoustic version, like for for well over a decade. And, you know, as much as I've been listening to the studio version for the last like five years or so more thoroughly than I had ever listened to it before, it never occurred to me that this was like a post-Bad Friend Tyson song. I thought The Lining is Silver was that turning point. But here it kind of, this is where it really starts. And so fitting that it's at the back end of Five Score and Seven Years Ago because the next album is Bird and the B-Sides with Lining of Silver. And everything from Bird and the B-Sides up, Collapsible Lung and Air for, and uh, Forget Not Slow Down and Air for Free, even though there are songs on all those albums about regret or about falling short of expectations, they're never in the way... They're never in the style of the first four albums, Bad Friend Tyson songs. Forget us the next album. <laughs> Whatever, we can leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> right, of course. Forget Not Slow Down is the next album. Whatever. <laughs> um. Well, hold on. Let me just fix this note just in case any patrons go in to look at it. Um, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, w- especially because Forget Not Slow Down, you, I'm, everything we... Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and the thing is, is that, yes, we're going to see, I mean, we're going to get a whole album, album. of Bad Boyfriend, Tyson, and, you know, yeah. moving on from, you know, kind of dealing with, with getting over Bad Christian, Tyson. Yeah. This is definitely the departure from Bad Friend, Tyson. It's like he figured out, you know, he's that he's not the best when it comes to relationships with with not just with girls but with everyone he figured out the everyone and now it's just the girls he still has to worry about right but even like the 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 regret and the um you know self-reflection of forget not slow down is different and literally more mature 
then no burden the b-sides is next because burden the b-sides has all the proto songs to forget and not slow down am i wrong what did i do <laughs> oh no oops it's okay oops <laughs> it's all right listen we have been on a trip for a while and covid brain fog is a real thing <laughs> yeah and i'm so sorry everyone's like Oh, Chesky, well, you're the worst. I'm you're so right sorry. in the sense that oh. the next album is Forgetting Not Slow Down. Yeah. But there was a quote unquote EP in between called Nashville Tennis EP. Right, 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 right. Apologies. Apologies. And, you know, a bunch of songs on Nashville Tennis EP, the first half of Burn the B Sides, we have figured out are about the same relationship that the album Forgetting Not Slow Down is about. That a couple of songs about that relationship. I've just trained myself to be like, forget about Bird and the B-Sides as an album. <laughs> I've trained myself to put that out of my brain. So I try to be like, okay, I know that next comes Forget Not Slow Down <laughs> and Collapsible Lung. But it's like, no, 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 that's right. That was in that in-between time. Right. I forgot we did have voicemails, but I guess we'll get to those next week. That that was why I was like, oh, any other top of the show business? Sorry. I tried to lead you into that, you know, I don't know, 28 minutes ago. Sorry. <laughs> we'll get to those next week. I just, But I just thought of this because every time I say Reliant K trying to convince us that Nashville Tennis is an EP when it's actually a full length, I say that's gaslighting. But then Daniel will say that's not gaslighting because Daniel, you know, he's very specific, like the way people misuse the word gaslighting. And I understand like the way people misuse the word emo or whatever. So I understand people misuse the word gaslighting just for lying. But I really feel like Reliant K was gaslighting (laughs) saying that Nashville Tennis was an EP because it's like, you think like this is a full length, right? And and Reliant K is like, no, 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 no. This is an EP. You think that's an EP? You think that's, I mean, you think that's a full length? That's an EP, dude. You're looking at it and you're looking at it and you're like, but it's, it's 12 songs and it's over half an hour. And we're like, hey, yeah, and like, yeah, you're looking at an EP. And you're like, I don't think I'm looking at an EP. And like, you're like, hey, we're like, hey, like, no, you're looking at an EP. And then you're like questioning your own sanity. So that's why I feel like it actually was gaslighting. And now we see with Jessica, it worked. She, she's totally been brainwashed into thinking <laughs> that Bird and the B-Side's Natural <laughs> Tennis isn't in between the other two full lengths. Well, I'm going to forget and, and not slow down and move on and just say, I really love the verse. To be prosperous would not require much of me. You see, contentment is the one thing it entails. To be content with where I am and getting where I need to be, I'm moving past the past where I have failed, but I'm finally catching on to it. And now the past is just a conduit right there at the end is where I'll be. And, you know, it's so easy to become comfortable and content and like how you're living in in a rut, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in a rut. And to reach that next level and to pull yourself out and find that contentment in that new place of growth and realize that there is peace on the other side. That's just, you know, such an amazing feeling. And I feel like this really captures that so well and and just goes to show that like that we talk about it every week, that feeling of hope in Reliant K songs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what I find funny in everything you just knocked out of the park, (laughs) the lead up to those lyrics, like the opening of the song, you would think that this is another, oh, another, another theme we talk about in early Reliant K music, which I think sticks around for the, for the last 10 years as well. 
is time management, Tyson. <laughs> that's right. Been, that's been another thing we found recently. <laughs> is there's so many songs where Tyson, uh, you know, condemns himself for not managing his time correctly or not doing the things he needs to do, and when this song starts. I think it feels like another bad friend slash time management Tyson song because the opening lyrics are yesterday is not quite what it could have been as were most of all the days before. But I swear today with every breath I'm breathing in, I'll be trying to make it so much more. So thematically, that doesn't seem too varied from a lot of other Reliant K songs about time management and about being a good Christian and about being a bad friend and trying to make amends for that. But then when it switches, he actually says, cause it seems I get so hung up on the history of what's gone wrong and the hope of a new day is something hard to see. And that's that right. There is a line that in those early bad friend Tyson songs is not there. Like as much as Reliant K always presents hope with, doubt and hope with fear and all these other negative emotions he had never really in the songs that we've done at least in the songs i've really paid attention to he had never fully said it seems like i get too hung up on my mistakes like that's what we've been saying in this podcast (laughs) every time we talk about a song from the first four albums it's like oh dude don't don't beat yourself up so much you're trying you know and here he is he's saying it at the end of the fifth album into what feels like a new era for his way of dealing with those same feelings of regret and remorse with Forget Not Slow Down and Lining Is Silver and those proto Forget Not Slow Down songs on Nashville Tennis. Like this feels like a whole, this really feels, this feels like the turning point. And I didn't realize it until now. Like, but this still has those inklings of the bad friend and time management Tyson, right? Then Lining Is Silver doesn't even have those inklings. It's full on, my lining is silver, your lining is silver, we sin, don't beat yourself up about it. Whether or not that was deliberately what he was trying to say, that's absolutely how I've interpreted it. So yeah, I feel like this really is a turning point. And so fitting that it's not counting Deathbed, but it's kind of the last song on the on the traditional, on, this, on the album in the traditional sense. Whereas Deathbed is a whole nother thing and it could have been it's a whole ep on its own when you think of like a traditional pop album up and up is technically the last song other than deathbed so it seems like such a and and musically it's a great way to lead off the traditional part of the album you know whether or not you continue on into deathbed or not and yeah it's i think it's a very apparently it's a very important song in reliant k's lyrical history that we didn't realize yeah one other thing about the acoustic version is that every live video I found, which there weren't a ton, they always played this in a laid back style. I only found a couple of, of uh, performances with the Johns and Ethan in the band, or maybe Dave was in the, with, the, with the Johns in the band. I only found a couple of performances with the Johns in the band. And in Post Collapsible Lung, there's a couple more performances of it after Ethan and John and John are gone. And they like, I, a couple of t- times they played it in the Manila Mall tour. And every time they play it with acoustic guitars in a version that's kind of in between the full rock version and the acoustic version you know from Bird and the B size. So it made me wonder, completely, complete speculation, if this song was written sort of in, with the idea of the acoustic version. 
if they've only ever played it with acoustic guitars, right? Mm-hmm. If they've only ever played it with acoustic guitars on stage, even if they kind of make it upbeat and faster in some of the one performances with the Johns in the band, it just makes me think if it's always been performed slower then maybe the acoustic version was kind of like the quote-unquote director's cut. Maybe that's what they intended the song to be, but maybe they got into the studio and they were like, well, this other this rock version is also pretty cool. But they right, never pursued right. that full rock version live yeah. from what I saw online. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if like maybe the canonical version was kind of intended to be the acoustic version. I have no proof for that. Although I don't know because you look at Air for Free... When they play Air for Free Live, it's that, you know, stripped down just because they don't have access to the sort of yeah. instruments and digital but trickery that they do. But there are do. two versions of Up and Up True. in the record. True. It's like, if, if the Air for Free reimagined, the official Air for Free reimagined had ever come out, like maybe th- that would, maybe the Air for Free title track would have sounded more like they play it live. But um, yeah, I don't know, because I'm just thinking like they bothered to release the up and up acoustic version as the lead track of the b-side half of the album so it kind of makes yeah it, yeah that's in, a great in point it, yeah in absolutely way, in its way if you kind of skip nashville tennis and you skip deathbed so i'm putting a lot of caveats in this in this idea but if you skip deathbed and you skip nashville tennis you have up and up the rock version and then the next song on the b-sides like here's a bunch of stuff that you should have also heard and I don't think the Up and Up acoustic was released anywhere else, right? It's the first it's the first unreleased track on the B-side half of the album. So it's like... It's, right, because there isn't an... E- I yeah. mean, there wasn't really an EP released for to five some, score. For, in support of this, unless you count the Bird and the B-sides as that. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I've been sitting here. You keep saying the Johns, and I just keep... In my head, I just keep going, she likes the Johns in the band. She says that Warren's her all-time favorite. <laughs> That's funny. I couldn't quite tell what you were saying at first. Um, I love the use of the word conduit. Just, I don't know how other many songs have the lyric conduit. It's a good point, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, that that lyric is a little bit to unpack because it is such a verb. It's a, you know, it's not the most verbose word, but it definitely feels more verbose than a lot of other words that maybe could have been picked there. But it just fits so well. Because uh, what's it rhyme with? I can't remember right now. Onto it. Onto it. The past is just a conduit. So then you kind of have to unpack that for a little bit. Like, okay, what's the definition of conduit? <laughs> I want to, I kind of understand what the idea of conduit is, but I want to actually look up what the official definition is. Conduit definition. A channel for conveying water or other fluid. <laughs> A tube for protecting <laughs> electric wiring. So I mean, this isn't a, this is a this is a metaphorical conduit. This is a lyrical conduit. This isn't the literal definition in which it is only meant for liquid, fluid, or electricity. But um, or ghosts or ghosts. A medium can be like a conduit. Have You're you right. Have okay, you heard that yeah, before? Yeah. yeah, I have heard that. Okay, so it's like so like this song has a very interesting relationship to the concept of time and i don't know if it's exactly a classic time management teeson song because first you have the past is just a conduit so i my interpretation i think you could interpret it a couple maybe you could interpret it a couple different ways is like the he's saying the past is just a conduit and you're like well what does that exactly mean 
And I think it's just a very confusing, lyrical, nice way of saying we're just moving forward. You know what I mean? It's actually less complicated than the past is just a conduit. Like he's saying like the things I did back then got me here. Well, literally what we're doing right now is going to get us there. So you're always just moving forward. The past is just a conduit. That technically means the present is a conduit and the future is also a conduit. It's like it's time is just a conduit. All of it, past, present, future. It's it's he's focusing on the past and he's just saying the past moved me along like water, fluid or electricity and got me to here where I am. But then, you know, the most interesting time-based lyric in here to me is have to look it up <laughs> okay we took a pause there because i figured something out that i did not realize before we started this episode but there is an entire verse in the acoustic version that is not in the rock studio version oh so on genius they have a separate page for up and up acoustic and a separate page for up and up five score and there's a verse in the acoustic version that goes now i have all that i could ever need the confidence of knowing there's still time time to make amends and try to build a better me and to take the right steps as this road unwinds that's not in the rock version i didn't realize that (laughs) until i was looking at the lyric booklet for five score and i'm like where's that other thing where he says how he knows there's there's enough time and i'm like where is it where is it and i'm like wait a second i'm listening we pause i listen through the five score version i'm like it's not here did i imagine it i didn't imagine it did i (laughs) I listen to the acoustic version i'm like there it is so that makes me wonder even more now like what's the diff what's the deal with the acoustic version it's got more lyrics it makes me wonder even more if the song was meant to be as the acoustic version and maybe then they were like, oh, we can also make this awesome rock version, but we got to cut a verse out because maybe for time, maybe like the drive of the song, like one extra verse was too much mm-hmm. time-wise. Or and just what, what was the extra verse? So the extra verse, and that's this is what I was building up to a second ago <laughs> before we took that pause. Now I have all that I could ever need, the confidence of knowing there's still time, time to make amends and try to build a better me, and to take the right steps as this road unwinds. So I was saying about this song's relationship to time. And uh, when I said that, just pretend I was only talking about the acoustic version. <laughs> but the way he talks about the conduit of the past and how there's a light at the end of the conduit. So clearly he's talking about probably not uh, an electric conduit, but more like the ones for liquid. <laughs> there's a light at the end. And, you know, he's moving through time like a conduit. And then he talks here about how now I have all that I could ever need, the confidence of knowing there's still time, which is a really interesting relationship to time in, you know, the history of what's gone wrong. No, the history of, of Matt Thies and time management songs, because this is the opposite of everything else he's ever said. He's always singing about how he wasted his time or he didn't do enough with the time he was given. And not only him... But so many songs in all of music and art and poetry that are about not wasting time and not taking time for granted and there's never enough time. He's saying the exact opposite of that kind of trope. He's like, there's enough time. 
which is so counter to so many other lyrical themes by every artist in the world. To say, like, I have all that I could ever need. I have all the time I need. And it seems counterintuitive, because sometimes when you say, when you sing about having all the time you need, you might interpret it that, uh, you might interpret that as, oh, good, I can be lazy. I can take my time doing this. I don't need to worry. Whereas so many other songs about how there's never enough time or like trying to get you to go out and do the thing you need to do now. Mm -hmm. Like you never know what tomorrow will bring. So do the thing now. But here he's saying like, I've got the time and I can not worry. And I guess it it needs that asterisk or you need to have that understanding of just because you have the time doesn't mean he's saying be lazy, take your time, don't worry about it, go have lunch first, take a nap. He's not saying that. He's it's this it's this turning point like lining is silver of saying I have the time I need and I will use that time. Not being pressured like I'm running out of time like so many other songs It's just of this a different album. mindset. It's just a different mindset. Yeah. It's a liter- it's it's a glass half full mindset whereas so many other bands I can think of, punk bands and pop artists and metal artists who sing about, like, you know, creeping death or whatever. Like, you never know when you're going to run out of time. Like, so many other, like, time is always, the lyrics about time, it's always the glass is half empty. Like, you're running out of time. Do what you need to do now. It's that stoic look at it. Exactly. Yeah. And here, in this song, in the acoustic version, apparently only, He's completely flipped that. And he says, my time glass is half full. And I'm so thankful for having everything I need, all the time I need to go out and fix my relationships and to, you know, make myself a better person like I was supposed to be doing. That's so optimistic. Mm -hmm. That takes the optimism, that underlying optimism of Relying K lyrics and knocks it through the roof. So now I'm really curious to know what the history of this song is between the rock version and the acoustic version. If it was always written with this extra verse and they cut it from the rock version for like pacing or was the acoustic version recorded after, which it wasn't, you know, Nashville tennis was one session, but this is not part of Nashville tennis. This is part of burden the B sides. So, it makes me think that they might have recorded this acoustic version during the five score sessions. That's just where I'm left right. assuming. Yeah, was it a demo? We don't know. Right. Um. So in the question of, is this song about God or a girl? Mm-hmm. Because, oh, phew, we're not going to get to that later. Because there are no genius annotations and no comments on song meanings. <laughs> Right. So I'm bringing it here now. Uh Uh-oh. No, no, not in annotations, but you called it on Genius. I guess this was just for the rock version, for the five score version. The use, the pronouns. We get to talk about pronouns. They're capitalized. Correct. On Genius. They are not capitalized in this, in the booklet. So it's so funny how there's this like... You know, in the Christian thing, in the Christian audience for these bands, how there's this thing like, well, you're singing about girls. You got to sing about God. Where's the Jesus? And like, totally valid 
under certain circumstances, but then like I don't feel it is valid when a song is clearly about a relationship with a person, and then you're trying to force it to be a relationship about God. I mean, at the very least, like our relationships, our relationship with God and our relationship with friends and family can be a reflection of our relationship with God. But when some song meanings people try to make the staunch line of this song is not about girls, this song is about God. And then to me, like a song like Up and Up is actually about relationships with friends and family. And everyone's always like, is this song, you know, in pop punk in general and Christian pop punk is like, is this about God or a girl? But the question that comes up with Reliant K a lot is, is this about God or friends and family? <laughs> Which is not a tropey thing to talk about. But Tyson is often singing about his friends and family when he's singing about failed relationships. And I just don't think it's like, there's like this indignant um, righteousness, <laughs> to, pun intended, I guess, when a song, when, when a Christian fan is like, this song is not about a girl. It shouldn't just be about vapid relationships. It's about God. I'm like, well, what do you, he's singing about his family and his friends. He's not singing about a chick that he wants to get with. He's singing about his mom and his dad and his friends and his bandmates. He's singing about his relationships with people. And if you don't, if you're not, you know, being a good friend, family, that's, that's your witness. At the very least, we can agree that that's your witness, like being a good friend and family member. That's your reflection of God to those people. So if you're not allowed to sing about your relationship with those people, with, with your fa family and friends, then it's like cutting off like the heart of being a good, you know, family member. <laughs> right. I Yeah, I agree. But I also think that, you know, you should take from a song and from any art what you take from it. However you want to read into the song to make, you know, to make it mean something to you personally. And if you really get something out of it by saying, I see this for me as being a song about God or about a girl or about family or about friends, mm -hmm. that you should absolutely take what you can from it. And it, you know, here's the one line that I'm like, I know this is what people would have pointed to if there had been any sort of, you know, song meaning discourse would be the line, you never cease to supply me with what I need for a good life. So when I'm down, I'll hold my head up high because you're the reason why. Like, yeah, you could absolutely read that about yeah. being about God. And maybe that particular line is. But I, you could also read that about being about family. Right. Or even friends or a girl. You know, you have your mom and dad who, you know, supply you with what you need for a good life. You right. know, they they put a roof over your head. They feed you. They clothe you. They put you in school and all that stuff. And so, you know, they can also be that reason why. Right. And incidentally, despite everything I said before and what you just said, I do think that this song, personally, my interpretation is that it is about both God and your familiar relationships. I think it is actually about both. I Which think, we've seen Reliant K do before. Yeah, and then there is this binary mindset with people interpreting Reliant K music online where it can only be about God or it can only be about earthly relationships. And I 100% don't espouse that a song has to be uh i mean i guess i'm being <laughs> a little political and using the word binary but it's it's not it does not have to exist with that binary mindset like it can actually be about both like i just was saying how your relationship with family and friends is a ref is 
can be and is a reflection of God's love for them through you, at the very least. So when different pronouns and different subjects that he's singing to can be switching back and forth between his family and friends and how he's got enough time to make up for things. And the car shop is calling us, so I'm going to oh, get to this. right on. <laughs> so, okay, our car's good. <laughs> you got to go pick it up in a minute. Um, yeah, so interesting to see, to just realize that, you know, there's the extra set of lyrics in the acoustic version. And then when I was looking through the booklet, in the five-score booklet, it says, You see contentment is all that it entails. But the lyric is, you see, contentment is the one thing it entails. So the booklet's wrong. Uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. What if those What if those uh, Ys are supposed to be capitalized then, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> because also Daniel and Reliable Josh were in our... When I posted, you know, an image of how the U is not capitalized in the booklet, Daniel was like, I don't trust why there's both periods and slashes to you know differentiate Very confusing. and yeah. then josh was in there saying like i think you know the slashes are 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 uh separations, separations yeah. but the other ones and it's like yeah but this and that and they're talking about that so i'm like okay maybe the booklet's not like the most <laughs> perfect cd booklet of all time maybe there's something going on right there um i'm just trying to think of anything else to mention before we go to our break obviously up and up oops they're just cars reminding me the car's ready. <laughs> Shops reminding me the car's ready. Um, up and up, Target. Everyone always thinks of that, right? A lot of yeah. people do. I've seen that yeah. tweet a couple of times. Yeah. And I know we have made jokes about that in our regular lives, years before we had a podcast. Up and up, which is not really a thing anymore. Target kind of has gotten rid of their up and up brand. Up and up was the name of the Target like in-house brand of generic products. And they don't really have that anymore. I think they might still have the words up and up on a couple of things, but like the stuff we would get, like the, you know, paper towels and laundry detergent would be called up and up. And it's not really called that anymore. I don't know why. But I also would think of Chuppa Chups. Yeah, the Chuppa Chup lollipops. The Chuppa Chup lollipops. Why didn't Reliant K have a tie in the Spice Girls did? They oh did they have a they had a tie in with Chuppa Chup lollipops? The Spice Girls, yes. Oh wow. Yeah. I, I probably still have some of those, like, stickers and, like, wrappers somewhere. Interesting. Yeah. Did you not see that? When we went to the, um, they had a huge display at the uh, the Hard Rock Hotel in mm-hmm. Vegas mm-hmm. of the Spice Girls, and they had some of the Chuppa Chup Lollipop stuff oh, up there, I and I think that, I pointed yeah. it out to you at the time. Gotcha. You yeah. could get those at Limited 2 back in the day, which was very exciting, and my favorite store as a, as a child. <laughs> <laughs> so Relying K had a commercial tie-in with Pizza Hut for That's My Jam, but they didn't have a commercial tie-in with Oven Up for Chuppa Chups. <laughs> it's never too late. So uh, we will go to our break, and we will be right back. We just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Whether you've been listening for a while or this is your first time, we want to hear your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. And if talking on the phone isn't your thing, because I know it's not mine, and whose is it really, you can send us an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com, or visit our socials at Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. While there, you can also see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links 
as well as to our merch store for shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Isaac, James, Kendall, Josh A., Timothy, Daniel, Jay, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes, our entire backlog of bonus episodes, which include reviews of the Caves for Karaoke songs and chapters of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book. You'll also get stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon exclusive shirt when you've donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Where can I sign up again? At patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. If you want to be a patron of the arts, the fine arts, the podcast arts, there's one place to go. SadieHawkinsPod.com slash. Oh, wait, no, no, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I panicked. As I mentioned before, no song meanings or genius annotations this week, but we do have some TikToks. Uh, it's the acoustic specifically. Okay. No, no regular, oh. no, uh, no five score versions. But we do have four acoustic TikToks. Hey guys, so I'm in prospect now. Let's, uh, let's get in the water and we'll find something. Saltwater Sean, wearing a Red Sox hat, and he's out in some natural river or lake or something. And I he's mean, picking stuff up. Oh, good. He. Oh, he's just picking. Yeah, he's picking up oh, a phone, picking up, like trash. A mug, oh, wow! Another phone. Oh my gosh! <laughs> They're whoa, all whoa, a snorkel. A, yeah, a snorkel. A little, a little whiskey bottle or something. Lots of bottles. This is great. Yeah. Oh, lots of bottles. He's awesome. just going down there and picking up trash from the. It says another ocean adventure in the books. Hashtag adventure, oh, so hashtag actually... Nova Scotia, hashtag oh. diving, hashtag cleanup, hashtag ocean. Now, I know his name was Saltwater Sean, and I said it looks like he's diving into a lake. But it did look like that, but it was probably like an inlet or something. Yeah. Oh, he's summing up what he found. Ooh, this is so okay, pretty. Okay, yeah, it's a bay. Looks like where, uh, where Aquaman lives with his dad, Django Fett. <laughs> Then we have got a zipline. Oh, another outdoorsy line. thing. Yeah, we've got some ziplining. This is from Organic Dot Photography. Had fun putting this zipline up. No injury, so no injuries so far. Hashtag summer 2021. Hashtag fun. Hashtag zipline. Hashtag Wisconsin. Hashtag farm life. Hashtag homestead. Hashtag words of wisdom. It's a pretty low sh- uh, and, and and shallow zipline like it's not super high up it's going over a river this time it's definitely a river and he actually has to kind of like run over some he has to run over some like bush and like greens to actually get and he's got those fisherman pants on and then the kid's doing it it's a very low angle is what i was trying to get at because it's just going over a river so it's probably tied on one tree Uh uh-oh the kid got stuck halfway over Adorable. Super cute. Lots of fun. Fun homesteading. All right. Next up, we have, oh, a very different uh, sort of place. Hold up. Although maybe not that different. 
Okay. I can't We're still see in it. the Midwest. Sorry, I have to redo. You know this this oh, happens every right, week. Oh, you won't download TikTok, TikTok. And TikTok only lets you like watch one or two previews before yeah. it's like, why don't you have the app, weirdo? So here we have it. A nice day to do some steps. Hashtag Canton, Ohio. Hashtag hmm. McKinley Monument. Hashtag Ohio Check. Hashtag 330. Hashtag Reliant K. Do you think it's at the McKinley Monument where Reliant K first met each other? Is that where they originally no, met? Know. Oh, I thought you meant. I thought you were saying like, is this the same McKinley Monument where Reliant K first met each other? And I'm like, how many McKinley monuments are there? Nice. So that's fun. Oh, sorry, that was from Krista Joy two seven three. And then the last one. Oh, I clicked into that other one twice, so it it was not happy with me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Here we go. We've got another another lake going on here from at Mike underscore Solano one. It just says clearing my mind. Nice. Just nice. so much water. So yeah. much water for up and up this time. So much green and water. Very Reliant K. Very Reliant K. Uh, then I ha- I came across a cover, and I don't know if you came across this cover as well, because it is not a uh, YouTube thing. This is from okay. fireworktv.com. Phil Warda. I did find a firework music video, but not... And that's and that's where it ends. Very nice. Super nice, yeah. I did not find that, nope. So that was very pretty. Uh then on a on a related, unrelated note, there's an Orlando Weekly um yeah blurb, which the Orlando show is oh. one of the shows we went to. Okay. Uh Reliant K were a welcome musical escape for Orlando fans uh-huh. at a sold out house of blues. What? I get it. I'm just kidding. By Orlando Weekly staff. Monday night, Reliant K played in front of a sold-out crowd at House of Blues. An oversold-out crowd at House of Blues. Uh, after an extended hiatus, the band is back and in the middle of the Um yeah tour, playing hits like Be My Escape, Sadie Hawkins Dance, Who I Am Hates, Who I've Been, as well as songs from their latest album, Air for Free. Their latest from album. their brand new album. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, fun stuff. Touring for this album, Air for Free. <laughs> uh, and then I also came across a podcast from last year where the hosts say there aren't any podcasts about youth group right. subculture and who did their first episode on Reliant K. But and there then- are many uh podcast about youth group subculture right. one is right here i had to inform jessica she found this and i'm like what are you listening to and she's like i found a podcast and uh, i don't listen to podcasts but i'm listening to it because it's one of the only things i found and she showed it to me and i'm like oh we're friends with them <laughs> so hold your tongue <laughs> this is from uh the youth group reunion tour podcast yes, youth group reunion tour podcast shout out to them of course i'm on the social so i know we're friends with them. I mean, clearly they don't them. listen to us because they said there's no <laughs> other u- podcast about this type of thing. Well, maybe so. they didn't know that when they started the show. I had not gotten around to listening to them yet. 
Uh, I didn't really realize that their first episode was about Reliant K, <laughs> so I should have, because there was a period like last year where I was just going through and listening to anyone's episode about Reliant K, but uh, I haven't done that in a while, so I didn't realize, and I hadn't gotten around to listening to Youth Group Reunion Podcast. Sorry, but now I have. I listened to it with Jessica, and... Um, we didn't listen to the whole thing. We listened to as much as player would uh, allow uh, before you had to click into uh, another thing. It was like 20 minutes or so. I'm not sure, but yeah. Okay, yeah. So that popped up. Very good, yeah. So there are, I think... I don't think they're the only ones who started a podcast about christian alternative or christian youth group culture and like we're like oh we might be one of the only ones because and then do you find google. out no there are multiple yeah do a google i definitely have heard other podcasts that i've listened to not not knowing that there were other podcasts on the topic when we finally start our uh, a cinema cataclysm and i'm gonna be like in the first episode you know i don't think there are a lot of other podcasts about bad movies <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, one other thing that's interesting. No intentional shade thrown, youth group pod reunion, reunion, reunion podcast. podcast. I'm youth just reunion tour. You're I'm just goofing off. on you. Yeah, that, that's a sign that we're we're friends when we uh, tear you apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We do it with callers every week. <laughs> <laughs> so one odd thing about this song on YouTube is that the official upload of the five score version says acoustic and it is not oh you can go to reliant k's official youtube page for the audio uploads you know for the you know for youtube for youtube Uh music app or whatever and they both say up and up acoustic but only one of them is acoustic they have the correct album covers but for some reason the five score one says acoustic and it's not Uh oh we should head up I don't know whomever uh runs that goatee i'm not sure yeah um so here is a 2007 performance of the song and i guess we'll get into what i'm talking kind of talking about of how they always kind of played this as a slow jam in 2000 i have videos from 2007 2009 and 2013 here's one from creation fest Okay, I just realized. (laughs) I realized there were two uploads of this same performance, and I picked the wrong one because that one sounds a little worse when it starts picking up, but also it. um... Oh, oh yeah, I guess maybe this is two different creation fests. They're both only a minute long. Like, there's no full version of each song. So here's a different one, also called Relying K Up and Up Acoustic Creation West. 
Oh, Creation West 2007. Let me figure this out. Is that the West Coast version of Creation Fest? Maybe. Oh, yeah. It says the one says Creation West, uh, Creation Fest, and the other says Creation West. Maybe there are two creations. I never went to it. Um, So I think this is a different performance from the same tour at a different version of the Creation Fest. Yeah, because on the first one, he's on a piano, and in this one, he's on a keyboard. So these are different, and I was confused. Well, it still sounds pretty. Unfortunately, they both only caught a minute of the song. It's kind of an early YouTube thing. Just a, Here's a little snippet of the song. But let's go to a 2009, so still the same lineup. 2009 performance, and I think we have more of the song here. This song is off of our fifth record. Uh, oh no! So I think it must start raining or something, and that's why they all go, oh no, oh no. It, it, it's not Tyson being like, oh no, this is not off our fifth record, because it it is. You can mainly only hear the guy yeah. <laughs> closer to the camera. Tyson sounds a little different. Still nice, but different. Yeah. Let me go forward. Must be when bit. he was working on his vocals a bunch. Right. So no, like really good recordings of the song. From back with the Johns in the band. Uh, she likes the Johns in the band. <laughs> Sorry. She says, I want her own time favorites. <laughs> you could see the one. Snacks are all time favorite. Wants her own time. Yeah, I just thought I'd mix it up. Yeah. You know. yeah. There's two. There are two. There's two mats as well. Did you know that? Really? <laughs> it's really weird. I huh. think one of them should change their name because it gets really confusing. Yeah. Um, here is, so in 2013, they then played it a couple more times, uh, you know, post collapsible lung. And one thing I was thinking was like a nice, like one minute version of this, like, you know, only at the Boston show that we saw, but they've done this a couple times on, um, yeah, is they played empty house, uh, between devastation reform and be my escape. And like a nice, it is a nice little palate cleanser before you get really rocking for be my escape. I was just thinking, like, just a simple Tyson on the piano and maybe, like, just some bass or something would be a really nice, like, little, like, one-minute version of the song would be, like, a nice little, you know, palate cleanser. Yeah. A nice little pickled ginger in between <laughs> courses. Next time you get, like, hangry, I'm going to start singing I've Got an Empty Spouse. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. You do that. Here is them here's them performing this song on in the Manila 
Super Mall Tour. Nice. What? What? what did they say? Please cut your hair, or may, may I, I touch your oh, hair? May I touch your hair, or may I cut your hair? One or the other. Touch some girls. They really touch want to touch. <laughs> I'm assuming Teeson. Yeah, I just assume Teeson. He does not look up. He does not give a reaction. <laughs> He's like, we are moving on. <laughs> We're on the up and up. <laughs> we are on the up and up, and you are not touching my hair. But they asked so nicely. They did. They and forgot the please, but they said, may I? Every time we come to these, if we find these Manila mall shows, there are, um, there's always a lot of chatter in the audience. They're very excited and they're always, always uh, shouts for songs and stuff. And they interact with them a couple of times, but that's just one where they did not <laughs> give any, any feedback for that yell. Right there, the whole audience did the whoa oh part, which did not actually, they didn't do on stage. So that was really nice. to skip ahead a little bit. This is very pretty, but it is also very sleepy. <laughs> I mean, I, so again, that's how they do it. That's how they do the song live. Just sort of like, not downbeat's the wrong word, but just sort of like slow and sleepy and, and nice and like a lullaby, like a lullaby, not sleepy, like a lullaby. Correcting myself there. <laughs> And yeah, they played this a bunch on the acoustic tour as well. There was an acoustic tour post Collapsible Lung at some point, and they played that there. Um, let's see. And then I found this, like, because of the words up. Oh, I forgot to mention, Jessica, how many other songs do you think Relyon K has with the word up in the title? Well, I know there's definitely Look On Up. That's one. Can you name the rest? Oh, boy. Can you name the rest? The rest is up to you. There you go. You got it too. Thank you. I didn't mean to call you out there, but can you get the next one? No. Darn, I really wasn't trying to call you out, but I really thought maybe you could get the next one. Do you need to call a friend to see if they know the next Wake one? Wake up call. Wake up call. That's number three. Gosh darn it. I feel like when we did the uh, the uh, is this secular or a Christian um, metal band again? Oh no! You're so proving to be a bad Reliant K fan. Uh, You're so close to getting them all. Close up, up close and personal. No, actually, that wasn't that wasn't a slide. That wasn't a slide tip. That made my that made my toes curl. Just like confusing you like that. 
I made my toes curl, just confusing oh, you oh, like oh, that. Oh, 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 how could I, how could I forget? Curl up and die. That's right. There you go. That's, so there's four, there's five songs with the word up in the title by Reliant K. Now there's technically a, a sixth one. Gosh, this one's, re- no, but this one's really deep. This is not, this one's not fair. It, it's just the letters UP. Uh. Which, oh. no. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm like, the it's, not my, the it's not my cape got stuck in the phone booth. I know it's not that. Oh, uh, yeah, not uh, uh. <laughs> Speaking I mean, of uh, curl up and die, what? Uh, I feel bad throwing this challenge at you. I mean, call me Butterfingers for even thinking that this one's so deep. Like, how could you? Butterfinger cup. It doesn't count. But that's not the name of the song. It's called The Cup. It's still Cup. It's, up is just happens to be I part of I said it wasn't the word. I said it's the letters up are in one other song. <laughs> Don't give me that look. You, we got it. We did it. So because the word up recurs so much in Relying K's discography, there was a couple of things that came up. My brain intended. already decided to take a vacation today. Why did you have to pick to, to pick now to do that? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> so I found this video uploaded by Perfect Tragedy 90 12 years ago with 34 views and probably 33 when I found it called Keeping Up with Reliant K Oh Uh, And is there an ad? No, I accidentally clicked on another video Sorry So this is just a slideshow of Reliant K images that they found and I I think a couple little videos but for some (laughs) reason set to a Day to Remember song That's what this is that we're listening to right now Is this, did they mess with the Day to Remember song, or is this just what it sounds like? Apparently this is a Day to Remember song. Okay. I'm clicking in to double check, but that's what it says. It says that this is a Day to Remember. Although this song is from 10 years ago, so now I'm confused. I feel like we're listening to, like, a party scene in a movie. Right. Okay, no. Th- nope, this isn't a Day to Remember song. This is it. I knew Day to Remember is a hardcore band, but I knew that they have some dancey songs from recently, and I'm like, wait, this is... This is, uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh... Chronologically impossible. This is not a Day to Remember. So what's this song, then? This this goofy this goofy song that they thought was Knocking stuff K. off the tables. Stealing my phone. It's okay. Sorry, AB. Let that stuff attack you. Is this a uh, Family Force 5? This is the killers. <laughs> I'm holding Jessica's Shazam up to my phone to, to figure out what this is. The Medic Droid. Keeping up with the Joneses, the medic droid. All right. It's just footage over Lion K set to this song. And it's called Keep... Oh, Keeping Up with Reliant K. And this song is called Keeping Up with the Joneses. So this is on purpose. All right. Well, there you go. <sighs> then there's um, this video that I found because we already did this song called Reliant K Cheer Up Video. And I'm like, what is this? And Cheer on up. Cheer on up. And it's it uses the mm-hmm hidden track, which itself is melodically based on my girl's ex-boyfriend. 
and it's these four dudes sitting in a living room. You saw this earlier. I, I showed you this. Yeah. One. Four dudes sitting in a very comp- in a in, not only compressed on the couch, but then the footage is very compressed from 14 years ago. And they're like talking to their one friend who's glum, and they're like, "Hey, bro, what's wrong? Why are you feeling so glum? You can't hear it because the audio is so low." They're just talking, and then eventually they leap up and and they all lip sync. What was the joke? I missed it. I'm not going back. You can go look at David Fanning's video called Cheer Up Song, Reliant K. It takes a minute and a half, and finally they all get up and lip sync this hidden track from Mm Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And I just wasted two minutes of your life talking about it. You know... If 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 this podcast does anything for the it world, kills your, it kills your time. I, it makes I you a bad that, time management. Sadie Hawkins pod. I hope that it really helps to for for the younger folks out there listening, and for the older folks, the kids out there listening, to be like, hey, maybe don't upload your embarrassing teen videos to the internet because. A podcast will find them. At least back then, they were really low res and very pixelated and stuff. Now, we can see your goofiness in HD. Yes, we can. Now we're back. And we're back with one Eric Edward fan on YouTube. Nice. This is the exact same... Oh, no. (laughs) I posted this to our social media when we were doing our Twilight Week. And it's ridiculous because they show this one moment where Edward leaps from one rock to another to kind of show how he's a vampire. It's like uh-huh. literally anyone can do that. <laughs> literally the stuntman just did that and then he just put a blurring effect on the dude. I forgot I posted this to social media and that's why it seemed familiar to me. So you didn't actually specify this is a Twilight shipping video for... Thank you. Well, I just uh... said during Twilight Week and oh, one sorry. Edward fan. Sorry. I just let everyone else use their imagination to fill it in. Sorry. Oh, Bella's about to get crushed! Oh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh, that weird kid in school, Edward, he just leapt in front of the car! How did he do that? Jessica, I don't understand. How did that weird kid that thinks she smells bad... <laughs> how did he leap in front of the... He was way over there! He was way across the parking lot, and suddenly he was in front of the car. All right, so <laughs> there aren't many fan videos. That there. kid who was driving the car was flirting with Bella and everything. We just never see him again after that scene. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Bella's dad, Bella's dad, Bella's the dad cop, care of him. which is also problematic because he's the only black person in all of Forks. Oh, no. Other than the other murder <gasps> vampire. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, but, no. You know, because Bella's dad, like, gives that kid the business. He's like, he's like, I don't want to talk to you because you almost killed my daughter. And then you never see that kid again. It was a very good Charlie impression. I don't want to kill my daughter. <laughs> oh, Bo, you, you're here. I didn't I didn't see you there. Yeah. Bo, and, Bo is related to Charlie, the actor who plays Charlie. From... Uh, Billy Boyd, is that who that is? Am yeah, I Billy Boyd. Yeah, no. Boyd. Is that it? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> you look that up while I play... It's me, Ellie, with a cover of Up and Up. I guarantee I'm going to be wrong. I've been wrong about everything else today. <laughs> so this is It's Me, Ellie, doing a cover of Up and Up by Reliant K 
where she went out. Billy Burke. I was Billy close. Burke. Okay. She went out into the wilderness to record the vocals, like out in a very twilight like forest. Nice. And you actually hear the wind and stuff. It was a decision that was definitely made. Like, not sure if it was the best decision, but it is very like stylish and cool in its own way, even though it doesn't provide like the best audio. So much more. Cause it seems I get so hungry. Like, very nice, but yeah, yeah you just sure. hear all the wind and stuff. And her nose is so red, it must be very cold out. <laughs> the tip of her nose, I did like you know? the aesthetics, though. Yep. So, here is, uh, we have two, well, one who's officially a friend of the pod, and then a quote-unquote friend of the pod. We'll start with the one who's actually a friend of the pod. This is Zeke Power. <laughs> so oh, okay. <laughs> people that, people who have been old stalwarts of... The podcast and oh, cover that's searches. right. I forgot because I I did hear you doing your cover research. I right. know where we're going after. after so here is uh, Zeke. Zeke Power, form, a previous guest of the podcast, doing his up and up cover from twelve years ago. I just want to keep playing it. <laughs> so pretty. We at least got to get to the chorus. Heck yeah. good so incredibly good so good and there's a whole nother three minutes because i guess he slowed it down enough that it really draws it out i'd play the whole thing but we do have to keep going <laughs> so another 
constant on the podcast and this is a more recent cover of his bobby 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 moon's back (laughs) and this is you know i've noticed i sent bobby moon a message at some point i didn't get a reply but i think he does follow us on social media but i just haven't we haven't actually talked to him and uh just love his covers like the incredible energy especially the early ones like in a hallway and stuff but more recently bobby moon's been using a lot of those like uh those karaoke apps where basically you could take any song and it kind of splitters the track and lets you add in. It's Shmuel. Smool is one of the most popular ones, and there's a lot of other ones. And this is one of those, and it's a little different from the classic Bobby Moon style we are most familiar with when we originally discovered his YouTube channels. This is a recent Bobby Moon cover of Up and Up. Oh, I'm wrong. This is from eight years ago, but it's just in that style. <laughs> I'm recent. totally wrong. I'm, I mean, it's recent more... <laughs> in the way that Air for Free is Relying K's most recent album. Exactly. Yeah, I'm totally wrong. But I'm right when I say that Bobby Moon has an Instagram now where it's all uploads from karaoke apps. And that's basically what this seems to be. See, so you can forgive me for thinking that this must have been some karaoke app because there's a very heavy auto-tune thing on Bobby's voice, which I'd never really heard except in those recent videos. like that edit where he's still <laughs> one bobby is still fading out on the lyric and then the next bobby comes in I love Bobby's freedom and attitude and energy. <laughs> I don't love the auto-tune in this particular lyric, in this particular video, but especially I like a classic Bobby in a hallway with the guitar, just completely cutting loose on a Reliant K song. I don't like this, this different, this newer era of Bobby Moon's covers. I'm not as into, but I'm still into. So I actually didn't write down what any of these type of covers are. (laughs) I just wrote down the usernames. (laughs) So Mike Beck. Oh, Chelsea Pratt is one that we have seen before. So we'll play that. This is always like a sultry female uh, vocal style that Chelsea does. We've seen some of her other covers. So here's this up and up cover by Chelsea Pratt. Get so 
That's really I like nice. that I like yeah. that uh, part of the guitar after the lyrics stop, <laughs> and I'm just trying to figure out. There was one really amazing. I hate Christmas parties. Over the oh, over okay. this last, yeah, yeah, last yeah. Christmas, she had like one of the best covers of I hate Christmas parties. So, tell me any of these other names you might be interested in: <laughs> Eric Holcomb or Holcomb, Evo East, the Jinkies Man. Sean, the Jinkies man. Let's see what the Jinkies man is up to. Zoinks! <laughs> Oh, not only is this a cover, but it's a full fan music video as well. Nice. So I guess we'll have to let this play in the room over the speaker while we watch it. Oh, we're watching a pizza or a pie or something getting baked and a kid getting up. He's going to the kitchen. He's going, oh, all the cups are falling out of the kitchen. Oh, darn it. He's having the hardest time trying to wrangle all these kitchen implements. And now he's playing the guitar next to a grandfather clock. Oh, he's putting the baking on. Is it a microwave? Oh, no, is that an oven? oven. I guess an oven top. Okay. We got frustrated. Oh, flower is shooting in his face. He's like, oh, darn it. What is that device? Oh, I think it's a flower, like, fluffer. What do you call those flower fluffers? I have no idea. You know, there's... Oh, and then he got... got, uh, Annoyed because it was shooting at him, and he just like threw a pot holder at it, and he put on a, an apron. <laughs> oh, now and he's now playing he's an playing electric guitar. Electric guitar on the stairwell. Yeah. So he's having the worst pizza making time ever, but he is staying on up and up. He's got yeah, he's got flour all in his hair. At least I hope that's flour. What are those flour things? That oh, you now hold? he's playing the drums. Oh yeah, so I guess he did all, did all the instruments himself. Nice. You know those flower things? It's like a sil- it's like a metal cylinder with a handle on it, and you pull the handle, and it makes the flower kind of puff out and fall down. I think it was an electric version of one of those. Oh, cool. Oh, he's trying to get the battery splashing the batter all over. So the first pizza that we saw was the pizza he was watching on TV, and then I don't know why I just created I just created the narrative in my head <laughs> that he's making like something for his mom. This is a video and oh. like a pie or something he's making for her mom for mother. You know, I was just like, Day. okay, we're done here, but now we got to go to the end. What was I thinking? We got to see how this ends. Here you go, mom. Happy pizza. Oh, day. now he's playing. Oh my gosh, oh, he's gonna he be so <laughs> all he did in the kitchen oh now he's just ordering a pizza nice the the kitchen was a huge mess by the end of the video i mean good for him like making a video like this and really making a mess because i one of my favorite thing about regional horror movies is when you see a movie where clearly (laughs) they didn't want to they didn't want to make a mess of the house that they live in (laughs) like they couldn't put blood on the walls or they went to grandma's house and she's like yes you can film me a project here just don't get it dirty yeah so it's always digital blood, or the blood is just very specifically placed on a poster in the background, but right. it's not on the wall. Yeah. There's a lot of covers of this, not quite as many as Curl Up and Die, the uh, other Up song, but 
you know, let's see. Here's one of your favorites. I know you oh. love this. Uh oh. It's one of your favorite styles of music in the world. Oh wait, what? Oh, good. Acapella. Lord. I thought we were getting a shipping video. <laughs> Why does this look like stock footage? This is from eight years ago, and this camera definitely has a high frame rate. And the saturation's super boosted. They're doing yeah. a great job. And they're all kind of like grooving. They're they are, yeah. Some acapella groups we see that I for some acapella groups I force you to watch. They just kind of stand there and snap, but they're all kind of like grooving and moving their shoulders, like doing a little groovy. A little groovy, like, uh, gyration. And it's also a multi-camera shoot. Yeah, that's fine. So this is... Remake, over... uh, remake the TV show Glee with this with these cast members, yeah. you cowards. This is Overflow Acapella. Beautiful. I love it so much. And then we'll just pick a couple other. Danny's laughing, but he was being sincere there. I I really, I really like it. I think he's more laughing at my like just silent reaction. reaction, Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I wish I didn't write any notes on any of these covers. I don't know whether acoustic, what's full band. So here's one from uh, what looks like maybe some sort of college. Oh, it's from some sort of, it's from a German, it's like a talent show or a church or a okay. college performance. It doesn't matter, Dan. No one listens this far into the podcast anyway. <laughs> this is uploaded by, this. I guess we'll end on this, Todd, Tom Overkemp, Overkempe. Uh, uploaded this and it's in German and so I don't know what any of these words say. Muse Musivon Musivon der Warsterbork. Alright, right on. Which I kinda put a uh, Swedish pronunciation on there. But this is five vocalists with a full acoustic band. So there's a lot of people on stage. Five vocalists and then three or four musicians. I love the German accent. Oh my gosh, you know what this sounds like? This specific version? What? Oh, Canada at Epcot? I don't know if they still have that show, but it absolutely <laughs> sounds like Oh Canada. Not the official Not Canada, the official Oh Canada. The, but the song the of Disney Canada, one, huh? and not the Fiverr and Frenzy of Canada. This video is beautiful, and I'll tell you why. Because this is from 12 years ago, 2009, but they all look like it's 1999. And I don't know if that's like sort of a European style, but all their clothes look very Blossom-esque with just a tinge yes. of what would have been modern emo That's how you know we're in Europe. Plus, the video seems to have been shot on VHS or, or Hi8 or something. It doesn't even look like mini-DV. 
So we'll end on the O Canada song. Ton of Disney's covers, ton of covers. Us. Maybe we'll do a Patreon episode about all the other covers. But I know we are doing a Patreon episode in April about not you, April, not the dog, mm-hmm. April. But we're doing a Patreon episode about all the one-star reviews for "Forget and Not Slow Down" on <laughs> on iTunes. I was just like, we got to figure out who gives it one star, and um. We're doing something else. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Oh, and... just get to the song. I used to have the CD of this. They used to have these little kiosks at Disney World where you could go up and like make a CD. You pay whatever and you get like theme park specific songs on okay. the CD. And it was always a favorite. Gosh, darn it. Oh my gosh. We get it. Canada. It's beautiful. I love you. Oh, Canada. I love you. Oh, Canada. Good lord, why? Stop making it look like we're, like, in full-blown England, guys. Didn't you secede a long time ago? No, the queen is still, like, the queen of... Yeah, yeah. Canada. Here we go. I think we unlocked it. I think Disney's O Canada song from Epcot was the number one influence on Up and Up by Reliant K. Oh my gosh, it's so melodramatic and such like 80s. Well, sure, you're, you're sitting here watching John this Williams panoramic S. version, like this 360 version of Canada. Up and up, up and up. It's, it's very nice. I would love to take some worship footage with people with their arms up like this and set it to this song. Jessica's smiling so big because this is her this is her era of Epcot. <laughs> Not with all the cocoa and frozen stuff. No. Jessica likes plain old boring Epcot. Yeah. No characters. <laughs> For sure, this is uh, an influence on Up and Up. I get it. Especially since Teeson's from Canada. He's Canadian. Exactly. He's There's not the time. Yep. He knew this song, and then he was like, you know, I've always wanted to write a song like the O Canada Disneyland song, Disney World song. So that explains that. So Jessica, yeah, how do you feel about you leave this going? How do you feel about <laughs> about Canada? How do you feel I feel about great Canada? about Canada. Do you like it more than I especially love Canada when I can see a 360 view of it inside of a nice air conditioned building <laughs> with beautiful 1980s footage. I personally so what I, awful like movie are they uh, are they gonna make to like. Re- replace the Canada ride at Epcot. Do they have any I mean, show movies coming out soon? I personally like Canada a little bit less after doing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not really Canada's fault. It's not Reliant K's fault. It's just like I just heard a little too much Canada this week. Right, you know, right. Like, kind of worn out on it. But Up and Up 
I love this song even more than ever. Both versions, the Same. acoustic version and the rock version. I love these this song. These uh, yeah, I feel I feel far more connected to and loving the uh, acoustic version now. Yeah, and I love its place as. I feel about the same about the 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 five score version, but I uh, okay. like the acoustic even more. And I love its place in the history of time. There we management. go. It finally kicked in. Holy, <laughs> shit, it takes like three hours. I love its. I love Up and Up's place in the time management and uh, bad friend Tyson lexicon. How it's this turnaround for him at the time yeah. into the more mature version of those themes that we know from Forget and Not Slow Down through today. So, take off, eh, hosers? 